Seminar. All right, um, welcome to the commentary for episode 50 of Seminar. I'm the director for this episode, Paul Brueggemann, and with me I have the writer of the, uh, of the short. Hello, Jason R. Wallace here. All right, cool. And uh, there's not much to the rapper at the beginning, just the uh, introduction of his, uh, his short there. And... Uh, all right. Well, uh, you want to start off talking about um, your short real quick, and uh, like just give us an intro of where it began and what the backstory is, I guess. Sure, sure thing. Um, well, uh, initially, uh, this uh, this uh, short was a uh, much longer uh, one-act play that I had written for a uh, playwriting course at university, and. Um, uh, around the time that uh, uh, Colin Kelly actually started this sort of. Um, summer seminar writing challenge last year I decided to try and get a piece in for seminar and I thought what better way you know to get in uh, quickly than to go ahead and take that one act play and adapt it um, so it presented its own sort of series of challenges because um, it was very much tied to the conventions of um, you know uh, stage plays and such because it, it, it had a lot to do with um, uh, breaking the fourth wall and in, interacting with crew members and things like that, and it had like one or two sort of meta narratives going on. It was about uh, the the play is about sort of the difference between uh, reality and artifice and the conventions in theater and art and you know that that sort of thing. So I had to repurpose it to make it more kind of. I, I would argue it's kind of it's pulpier in this current form. It's very much like a supernatural entertainment as opposed to a, a meditation on you know art and theater and all that right. stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was. I, I liked it when I was reading it. Um, I a lot of the sound effects. I was like, oh, there's no way in hell I'm going to pull this off and have him be happy, you know. But uh, it, it was it was a fun it was a fun uh, to direct and everything. Is, well, I, uh, I think personally, I, I the first time I heard it, I heard all the sound effects and I thought this is exactly what I was thinking of. Oh, so, great! I did a great job. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two people talking with a fire, and then at the end, you know, he um, kind of—I don't even know what he does. Is well, well, we'll get there when uh, when that happens. Right. Um, is there is there uh, any specific backstory to these two characters that you have? Um, like in the back of your mind, or is it just like two? They like some. I know some writers will have like two two people talking in their head, and they'll just write that out as they hear it. But is there some sort of backstory to these two? Um, there is intentionally not a lot of background information for uh, Sulfur and Tinder because, um, and I assume that by now, uh, okay, if you haven't listened to the episode yet without the commentary, go and do that and then come back. I'll wait. Okay, we're back. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Sulfur and Tinder were supposed to be um, stand-ins for Adam and Eve. Right. You wouldn't leave me even if I really was an asshole. Who said you weren't? You'd go you still there? Bonkers within a week. I mean, Eve, right. And, uh, you know, hello? Yeah. I'm still here. You cut out for a bit, but I'm still oh, here. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I intended Sulfur and Tinder to be um, as template-like as possible, you know, so that you could project your own kind of experiences on them. Now, they do have their sort of general color, you know, they were, I guess you might call them palettes or whatever. The tin, Tinder's the, the, the more easily frustrated one. Sulfur's sort of the, mm -hmm. the, the wry, warm kind of figure, but... Um, 
the the writing process didn't really lend itself to a lot of um, background work. Essentially, how I uh, wrote the play was just um, well, most most of my writing uh, is sort of making really good conversations and then extrapolating from there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the playwriting process was just sort of my you know, picking a couple of sort of voices for these characters and then just sort of talking through it and then figuring out from those conversations or from those particular lines or monologues or what have you what the overall structure of the piece was. So. Right. Yeah, and the, I, like, I like how this is like the, you know, it's, it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic, yeah? Mm -hmm. I love how it's, yeah, complete bookends of the original Adam and Eve story. Um, with them, and then you draw the references from the apple, and uh, you know, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I, I just really liked how the, how it mirrored each other in the end there. Yes, I, I tried to make it. Um, I, I, I tried to have a good, a good amount of symmetry there, and I also tried to layer in the references as um, sort of with with a in, uh, decreasing levels of subtlety. <laughs> so uh -huh. there, yeah. there's there's stuff going on uh, in the beginning where you might you might hear uh, Volan's name, for instance, is supposed to be Nick, right? You know, and okay. that, that references old Nick. You know, the sort of the, the old nickname for the devil and uh, mm -hmm. Voland itself. Is actually a play on the word uh, volant, which is uh, it's a it's a French word. It, it refers to a, a term in heraldry, you know, the making of like family crests and stuff. Okay. Like that. Um, that actually means a volant means a, a pair of wings outstretched as if in flight. So, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of that like sort of referencing going on for people of varying degrees of um, you know, I guess. I don't. I don't want to say liter literacy because that sounds insulting, mm -hmm. but yeah. like you know, varying degrees of knowledge about like. Okay. Yeah. Because Voland is actually also a character in Mikhail uh, Bulgarov's. Um, oh gosh, what is it called? Uh, the um, the Master and Margarita, yeah, which is a 1967 novel about uh, the devil visiting Moscow and sort of taking oh. over in a in a political fashion. So there's a lot of that going on, and then there's the references to the apple and so on. So right, I tried, yeah. I tried to layer those references in in a way that by the time we got to the supernatural stuff, the really freaky um, biblical stuff, that everybody would know by then this is definitely the devil. There's no argument here. Yeah, no, especially at the end where he's. Uh... I don't know, I transported into hell with all the, the wailing souls in that little vortex thing. Yes, right. Yeah, that really that really tips people over the edge to who he is. By that time, if you do not know who he is, you are, are not uh, you have issues. I, I don't <laughs> or, or listen to it again, you know. <laughs> you might want to listen to it a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, for the for the names, you you uh, explained Voland. Now, um, what what's the deal with uh, Tinder and Sulfur? Are there any specific like why why did you pick those two names cuz they're not necessarily you know popular they're not really names either right um well sulfur came about just in the thinking about fire and brimstone and that sort of thing okay sulfur yeah. okay and so uh, in the research uh, i went and looked at the literal um, physical properties of sulfur and in its sort of base form it's a crystalline yellow solid right mm -hmm. and so that started to i started to use those those images right of the you know the color yellow and this idea of being crystalline um, to form, you know, sort of the sharper points of the character. So now this character is sort of the warmer part of of the sulfur tender relationship, and this character is also not just a, 
you know, sort of a happy, uh, uh, you know, blanket on the whole thing. Like, she has her own sort of strengths and, um, you know, idiosyncrasies and stuff like that. And from that, I, I decided to, you know, use that same process on the Tinder character. And I thought, okay, we'll use... He, he He's the one who's always sort of... He's the one arguing with Voland. He's the one who's, you know, unnecessarily overly aggressive in the beginning, and he's, he's, he's the one who's got that sort of Errol Flynn complex, like he has to, he has to be the hero, right? Yeah. And I thought, I, I thought that Tinder would be a good representation of that, because that's what sort of causes the spark, you know? Yeah. Flint strikes Tinder, and then you're, you know, you're up in a blaze. So. That's really cool. I like that. And uh, speaking of names, I wanted to mention the, uh, the actors that we had here. Oh yes, uh, we have uh, Russell Gold as Tinder and Sarah McKenzie as Sofer. I I haven't, I don't think I've ever heard her in anything uh, pendant related. And so uh, she's a she's a friend of mine. Uh, she's oh, is she? Yes, she's relatively new to the pendant thing. I I had gotten into it uh, around uh, uh, whenever um, No Place Like Home debuted in in, mm -hmm. in seminar. That was uh, one of the forties, right? Um, and sh shortly thereafter, she got interested in it, and I think she appeared in like at least two of the Kingery episodes previous to this. Okay. So previous to the airing of this, at least. So um, yeah, she's 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 relatively new. Well, that's cool. Uh, uh, a lot of a lot of people who are in um, pendant they they start off acting in seminar. Uh, that's where I definitely got my first role, and uh, right, that's, yeah, a lot I, of people uh, get their first role there. I you, you are you are you are preaching to the choir here. <laughs> yeah, I was in No Place Like Home. I think it was forty three, and that was right. my first um first role there and i've continued to, to do uh, s seminar roles every like, i think about two episodes yeah exactly what you so i try to get in an audition every time i can but obviously i can't anymore because i'm directing the thing right but, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then you yourself uh, as voland how did how did that come about did you audition or did you did you talk to vincent and want to play him yourself well, I I did intend to play him, but of course I I you know st stuck myself to the rules. I said, okay, I'm gonna audition, and if there's somebody better than me, somebody that, that Vincent oh, okay. thinks better suited, then you know I'm I'm gonna let him you know call it. Um, I I read uh, um, it, it's it's a it's a voice that is natural to me because I've done a lot of those sort of um, I guess you could say. British, yeah, yeah. Uh, vaguely, you know, British sophisticate kind of mm -hmm. characters before. So it's just a natural, it's an easy thing for me to do. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, I left that entirely up to Vincent because okay. uh, there are a lot of talented uh, people uh, in the sort of the seminar pool, especially in terms of their accent work. So, mm. yes. you know, I did not have any illusions for a minute that I was the only one who could do that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that's cool that you were able to, because then you were able to, you know, pull off the character as you knew you should. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you didn't... I, I always thought there was... In, I don't write, but it would be really cool to have, you know, somebody read your stuff, you know? Oh, yes, right. And I think it's, it's, it's very interesting because... Um, now, uh, Sarah, uh, just, you know, sort of in exchange, you know, to having conversations, had had read the original play before, so she oh, okay. had a rough idea of what Sulphur was like, but uh, Russell, um, from what I understand, had never read it until he got his script. Yeah, he, he's coming on cold, and he did a fantastic job. I think this is a very solid performance all around from, from all three of the uh, performances. I, I, am, I, I was particularly impressed with just... 
you know, cu- coming in cold like that and, and delivering such a an invested performance, which I, I admit was a little quirky in in, in the beginning, but mm-hmm. the more I listened to him, the more I realized that he was he was just sort of right for for the role for this particular form of of Tinder, and it just, it worked, and yeah. I, I I couldn't be more more pleased with it. Yeah, it it ended up being fantastic. I I love this. Yeah, this short uh, being my my debut. Um, is is really it's really cool coming into it like that. I never said that's quite all right. Um, but uh, oh, I was gonna say something, <laughs> and I don't remember now. Oh yeah, what what is this what is this bit here when uh, when um, Voland is kind of copying but not really copying um, Tinder? Um, what was that bit all about? Was that just him taunting him or what? Occasionally. Um... In the play, there's sort of, um, you know, in the in the stage play, there's um, a lot of these references to, um, you know, uh, vaudeville and, um, you know, sort of old, you know, the what you might call the older forms of entertainment, right? You know, the sort of the mannered acting and things like that. There's a point where Voland actually takes control of Tinder through his, you know, supernatural powers and sort of operates him like a marionette. Oh, okay. And so that that's just that's one that's a call to like an old sort of like vaudevillian kind of routine. How did you you couldn't have stop that stop that. okay you know that kind of thing. Two, it's just I just thought it was a funny bit. I just yeah I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing Tinder just get increasingly frustrated. Yeah oh yeah for sure yeah. So yeah, it's just you know it it reinforces now that that point about vaudeville and the, the performative stuff you know isn't as strongly made obviously in this one because it's that's not the point of the piece anymore. But I thought it was just too good of a bit you know to 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 cut out, and also I thought it would be an interesting thing to hear, um, you know, in in the in the in, in the audio play because um, you could do the sort of like the panning left and right and stuff like that. And I thought it would be. I thought it'll be an interesting challenge for um, you and the and, and the actors. So, yeah, for sure. And it was interesting too because um, Russell and you had given almost the exact same takes at, uh, for some of the lines, and it flowed together perfectly like that. That's gets kismet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, and it also was reminiscent of that uh, Doctor Who episode where they go on vacation and. Uh, that lady's in the corner copying the doctor the whole time. Yes, you're right. When they're on the midnight planet or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's that, what. Uh, that didn't. I've. I'm. I'm a Doctor Who fan myself, and I've seen that episode. But I must admit, when I was writing it, that didn't occur to me. But, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That, that's all I could think about when I was uh, when I was reading that. It it must have been waiting in in the back of my mind to pop up. Right. Yeah. What? We'll, we'll do it. Yeah, Fuck, do it. Are you quite sure? Oh yeah. Wouldn't you rather have that Eden instead? Just do it. Oh, all right, all right. Terribly boring choice. Yeah, I like I like how nonchalant he is about just saving her life. Oh, he's got uh, a big. Oh, and and time. this ding is freaking brilliant. I love it. Yeah I, th- yeah, I thought that egg timer was just perfect. It was one of those <laughs> things I thought, okay, we're going to make this 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 audio piece quite a bit different from the play. Let's just have fun with it. I'm going to have an egg timer here. Dang. Well, why not? Yeah, yeah, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, the, the pacing, the... Ding! Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. That was fun. 
I always try to put a little bit of like, you know, I while this is overtly what you might call a, you know, like a quote artistic piece unquote. There's a little bit of pretension there, especially in the stage play. I always try to put in a lot of like sort of, you know, jokey bits and sort of self-referential stuff so that it never gets too far up its own ass, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this bit here where he's just mocking God. I like I like this bit. That I like how he has God on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I imagine they have some conversations every now and then. <laughs> that that line I I I'm I'm particularly proud of. Uh, you are a mission, aren't you? In fact, I don't even know why I waste my minutes. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. That was pretty good. If he does ever decide to come back. Now, uh, in the in the stage play, like this whole this whole ending right here, where where you know, like post sulfur getting shot, just doesn't happen at all. Like there's this, you know, whole extended thing where um, Tinder take uh, uh, Volan takes control of Tinder, and has him, um, you know, sort of like do this sort of cold monotone monologue about like and uh, you know his you know wife dying and, and him sort of like suppressing that emotional pain and 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 it just sort of it's 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 it would be difficult to explain right here and now but it sort of spirals spirals out into this um sort of meta fictional commentary and stuff so this is this is a much cleaner piece just you can get in and get out and you know yeah yeah well yeah it was what's the uh the limit on the pages you can use for seminar scripts it's like 15 pages or something i I think it's 15 yes yeah so yeah, you can't really put a a whole play in a fifteen pages. But you you pulled it off pretty well, according to what I'm hearing. Well, yeah, uh, it went through a a couple of rewrites. Um, you know, I I thought that it was um, uh, from what I read in the um, in the uh, sort of the the guidelines, regulations, and stuff. That, oh yeah, that you could have. I, I thought you could have like a, you know. Uh, a two-part piece across like two different episodes or, or oh yeah like this and then it could be like 30 pages or something like that and the stage play is 34 pages right oh wow okay yeah yeah but i when, at, in my talks with um the the editor at the time val and um jeffrey um that that wasn't the case and that they really wanted it down to about you know one piece it could be just yeah. the one short in the well, episode especially yeah. since it's only uh one every two months that's coming out now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, in the in the rewrite process, I managed to you know to, to scale it down, and, and originally it had like a Twilight Zone style narrator in the beginning. Oh yeah. There, there was a lot of stuff that got that got cut, and finally I came up with this sort of alternate ending, and it just it just seemed to fit fit together really well, and uh, it came in and at at about eighteen pages, which is I think is fair. Yeah. Yeah, and especially since it's got the whole episode to itself. Right. It was yeah, I li- I liked it. And uh where are we? We're almost at the end here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've managed to record oh, yeah. an, an entire commentary in which we only reference the action <laughs> like once. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. I, I guess well, I should I guess I should have uh, piped down a little bit more. Nobody can hear the episode. Oh no, that's fine. Well, they already heard the episode. Well, well we I hope so. Our new, uh, yeah. our new uh, credits reader, Brian Reed. Ah, yes. Taking over. I think he does a fine job. Yes. Quite quite difficult to, to replace our previous man, but I, I think he fills the shoes. 
Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, there's your name. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I'm famous. It's in lights. I... <laughs> yeah. Well, it has been fantastic talking to you. As well to you, Paul. It was a good, good episode. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was all right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a bunch of uh, listening to the episode and then talking for two seconds and then listening to the episode again. Yeah. Let me just go ahead and say that I'm actually working on another piece, and I hope to have it in soon. So. Oh, fantastic. Well, be on the lookout for those uh, editors. Um, I should I should try just to see what I can do. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Jason, it's been a pleasure. All right, thank you, Paul. All right, I'll see you later. Yes. Take care. Goodbye.